And because I, I was raised with that, I know exactly what, I really do know what unconditional love is. So mm-hmm. like, when I see that in other people, I know exactly what to give and I know exactly what to receive as well. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's like you, you, when you come from love, then you will know love. So. Hello and welcome to Hot Girls. This week, I am joined by George. George is a rapper from Croydon and he released his first album, Almost an Adult, recently and he released it with a beautiful coming-of-age film which you can check out on YouTube, which was filmed in Jamaica. In this interview, we talk about the creation of Almost an Adult and his earliest kind of single that really took off, which was called Glide. So we talk about the creation of that album, we talk about his trip to Jamaica, (laughs) the fun of that, and we talk about what life was like for George growing up. But one of the things that I really wanted to spotlight just before we get into the interview is the way he knows himself and the way he creates. So we recorded this interview before the murder of George Floyd, which sparked the most recent Black Lives Matter protests. When that happened, George responded by releasing Black and Ready. What I think is really interesting about this interview is that you get to hear a lot about his creative process and George creates really quickly. And I think there's two things you need. If you're going to be able to make responsive art, there's two things that you need to be able to do. You need to have the confidence to be happy with creating something quickly and putting it out fast. And I think you also need to know who you are as a person and what you stand for. And George's both of those things. He creates really quickly and he knows exactly who he is. And he's very comfortable with his own voice and his own beliefs. And I wouldn't say like the struggles of of being a black man, but definitely what it's meant to him and his heritage is a part has always been a part of his music. I hope you really enjoy this exploration further into his art and his beliefs. Let's go. Ladies. Listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls with Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. Um, I'm a staff London boy, but my family, a lot of my family are from Manchester and Jamaica. So my life growing up was kind of most of the year in Croydon, a couple months out of the year in Manchester, like visiting family and stuff. And then like, every few years, we'd spend a month in Jamaica in the summertime. Were you and ever like, just... can we just extend the time in Jamaica? And... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Honestly, yeah. Honestly, I was the opposite. I was like, I want to come home because like, looking back, I can't even explain it. But back then, I used to get bored of Jamaica because we'd be there for four weeks and it was just boiling hot. And we would go to like, my mum would send me to like Bible school and stuff like right. that. Whilst they went to the beach and had fun in Bible <laughs> school sweating she's like it's important you learn this off you go it's important that i learn <laughs> but it's not important that yeah. I learn, so. <laughs> she doesn't need to be reminded she good <laughs> but um yeah so but most of my life south london Croydon. i don't want to say like i had the like a, i came from like a poor background or anything but i did live in like a, a poor area let's say mm-hmm. um but my parents always taught me the value of like working for things and stuff like that so when i got to the age of about I think my parents bought a house in a bit of a nice area. So like, quote unquote, they made it out of the hood. You know? Right. That was their kind of moment to be like... That was yeah. their moment to, yeah. And, um, <laughs> which is, so I don't, I don't know, I've seen both sides of things. And I've seen yeah. the world from a, in a nicer area and I've seen the world from a not so nice area. And this kind of, just kind of rounded me and, and made me 
the person that I am. Yeah, sense. yeah, totally. Yeah. It's quite mm. nice, I think, going through that when you're at an age where you can process everything that you're seeing and going through. Yeah. So you do have like memories of different kinds of experiences. Yeah, yeah. So even like even even if I'm living a nicer lifestyle, I wouldn't take anything for granted because you know you see I've seen both sides of it. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah, 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 totally. Were your parents musical? So my dad, not when I was growing up, but before before I was born, um, my dad was in a band, in a jazz band uh, called Jazz Defectors, and they toured. They went on tour with Sade, um, Paul Weller. Name dropped. <laughs> name dropped in it already. He didn't even, the thing is, he didn't he didn't even tell me that until I was about fifteen. So I had no idea. But like back in the day, they always used to play a lot of music. They played a lot of reggae, R and B, soul. And um, I had a cousin, well, I have a cousin in America who's a songwriter. Like, he's written with mm-hmm. anyone that you can imagine in the stateside. And he used to come over every few months when he had sessions and he would teach me melodies and how to remember a phone number by turning it into a song and stuff like that. Yeah, no, for <laughs> real. Yeah, yeah. Life yeah, hacks. So far. So I still do it. To, I can still remember, like, my first my first home phone number is um, 0181251 because just the way he taught me the melodies and I think that's always kind of been in me. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of musical background, that's it. Yeah. And when you went to Jamaica, did you listen to, did you kind of immerse in that music or, or was it just Bible study for you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't even say it was, it wasn't so much reggae. Like it was a lot of dancehall, but a lot of the time you were, when you when I was in my auntie's house, we'll be watching BET, and that was like a lot of American, like Fifty Cent, Mario, Just mm-hmm. a Friend, those old school like Candy Shop. I remember when, when Candy Shop first came out, I was in America, and then I came back and it was massive over here. <laughs> so um, I was just saying that album. I feel like is like uh, a moment in time for everyone. Such a good album. Like our age, it just. <laughs> It was like it was like sex education. Though. Some it was stuff, basically, I yeah. No <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going around school singing about licking the lollipop and that. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. No I idea. think I was like just old enough to sort of understand what they were talking about. It almost felt like I was in part of a like that kind of made me cooler. I get it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had no. I was about ten, so I had no idea. Oh, I thought everyone, everyone would be like, "Oh, do you know what that means?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I know what it means." Yeah, but yeah. I had no idea what it meant. I was just pretend. <laughs> So when did you start actually making music then? I mean, when I was in school, I was about 13 and there was a phase when everyone started to write grind bars. And my brother came home one day, he's the school year above me. And he was like, yo, listen, there's a free program that you can have on your computer and, and we can record grind bars on it. So I started, I was like, cool, okay, I'm going to write some because you're my big brother and I'll write it with you. Yeah, I wrote some grind bars. And then that phase ended by the time I was about 14. And I didn't do music for a while. I didn't do, have anything to do with music for a while. Did you and play that got... stuff to anyone? Or was it just you and your brother? Like, no, we used to send it around in school. Or we used to, uh, so we would bring it to school, be like, yeah, we've got a new track, Bluetooth, <laughs> infrared to your phone. And then the song would get around. Turn around that 50 cent and... off. <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> and I, list, I found it on my computer the other day. And it's, I've never been so embarrassed. Absolutely awful. I was saying some stuff on there that I had no idea what it meant. I was just saying it. When I really like properly started to make music um, was when I was about 16, 17. Mm-hmm. I watched a Retro 3 2 freestyle on one extra a like, long, long time ago. And I thought, oh, do you know what? This is so, like, it was a cappella and he was 
it was like poetry, but rapping mm-hmm. at the same time. And he was speaking about things that I could relate to, but putting it in a really small, eloquent way. And I thought, this is this is a bit more up my street. You know what yeah. I mean? And then that inspired me to start making songs. Didn't, they didn't look back from there, to be honest. Were you at all intimidated when you first started creating your first EP? Or did it just feel like so natural? Um, Intimidated? What, intimidated by what? I guess, I don't know. It's like you're putting yourself out there in the world. Sometimes that process can be quite intimidated. Like I would be yeah. intimidated by being like, this is something I've created. And, mm. you know, at the start, before you're used to like, however people will react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never really like intimidated. And I never really thought about that, to be honest. I just saw, I just had a bit of, I kind of had tunnel vision. Like I saw, when I first discovered Virtue Free 2 and Scorcher and Gets and all those mm. artists, I used to just go on YouTube for hours and just watch everything that they did, like performances, things like that. And then uh, I, I was just so sure that that's what I wanted to do, that I didn't really have any worries when it came to releasing music because it was just me on that path to get into what I was seeing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I even, yeah. So I, I remember even going to like Capital Extra or Choice FM at the time, they had like a free seminar thing where you can meet Retro 2 and ask him questions and play him a demo at Wembley Arena. And I went. And it was like an hour and a half journey. All I did was shake his hand. And I didn't say, that was the only time I really felt intimidated because I, uh-huh. I saw the person that made me start making music. At that point, I was like, oh my God, I don't even know if I want you to hear it. Because if you don't like it, then what is all of this about? You know? Yeah. But apart from that, I don't think, I've never felt intimidated. Yeah. That's a nice story of meeting your idols though. I feel like you don't want to be disappointed. It's yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't even speak to him long enough to be disappointed or impressed. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I just like, didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that went well. Good. <laughs> Have you met him since? No, but he really likes one of my songs. He likes Glide. Um, I was going to, I was wondering, okay. But yeah, is he, maybe he, he hasn't heard the new stuff yet. Maybe he hasn't. I don't know. Like, I think it was just out of the blue. He just commented on one of my posts like, yeah, this tune's bad. And I said, I woke up with that, oh my God what do I do I mentioned my brother I was like oh my god Ben look what's happened and he met, he called me he was like oh my god whoa my, like just shouting on the phone and then and that was it and I haven't spoken to him since okay, <laughs> like, thanks <laughs> yeah I just said yep yeah, thanks that means a lot coming from you and and then that was it and I've not heard anything from him since yeah well, but I know me, he's watching I'm sure he's watching so. yeah tell me about Glide like how did that what was the production process like how did it come um, together kind of an accident so I, I I just got my laptop I had a, I had a new laptop and I was just just practicing and making beats I made a beat a day for like a month and this uh-huh. was like the 30th day and I was listening to Anthony Hamilton and um I had a little bit on the song and I thought oh this sounds like a I could make something out of this but I have no idea what I'm going to do and I started making a beat and it sounded I'm not gonna lie it sounded so good and I was like oh my god this yeah <laughs> but I'm like I can't believe you produced it yourself as well what yeah I was, I was like, oh, I, was like, even I, was like <laughs> I was like no this sounds this sounds good like I, this sounds really good I don't really know what to do with it because it's just good and then I sent it to my manager and I was like who do you think I can put on this beat yeah I, I don't know I have no idea what to do with it and I had I put a video on Instagram of me like dancing to it as well and then the response on Instagram was just mad. Everyone was like, oh, what song is this? I need it right now. In my head, I was thinking, I don't even have anything for it. My management were like, listen, just sit with it because I feel like you you have something you have something to say on this beat. Just give it some time. And then like four days later, I was just bored again. And I just started spitting to myself to the beat. And I was like, oh, 
Oh, I, I just said, oh man, I feel like MJ when I glad on him. Oh, this sounds, oh, this sounds kind of, sounds right. Let me just keep writing and see where it goes. And then before I knew it, the song was like finished, and that was it. Like, there was no, there's no real like. I never. It was a beautiful accident. That's it. Yeah. Mm. You created the beat in a day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I know, right? Humble, humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it's nice well, when that I, happens. I feel like I can't, like, if I if I sit with something for too long, I mm. will never get it done. Like, if I make it, like, every, if I make it and it's going to be, like, a finished song, it'll, it'll be really quick. Mm-hmm. But if I spend too much time on it, then I, I'll just leave, put it in the power with all the other. Options. Yeah. When you released that, were you signed at that point? No, I wasn't. I was. That was the last song that I made independent. That I released independently. Mm-hmm. It got to like January last year, and I hadn't released anything in a while. And I just had a real like fuck it moment. I was like, you know what? Nah, man. Why am I? What am I waiting for? What am I planning mm-hmm. so much about? Because I'd already made almost an adult by then. It was already finished. But we had. But really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well, the music for it. The music uh-huh. for it was. But um, we had Glad there, and I was like what am I waiting for? And management were like, oh, do you know, we can wait. Maybe you can, we should pitch it and get a record deal. I said, nah, man, like, on that. I'm just going to release it. And I remember I looked at my calendar and I just pointed at a random day and it was like, the, was it like the 6th of March or something like that? And then um, I was like, yeah, cool. So we have three months to work on a plan. Let's get to work. We came up with like a really cool marketing plan. There's like sending the songs to people, but only letting everyone who hears it listen to it for a day and then changing the link and deleting it from online. And it really like works as, to create a buzz. Mm-hmm. And then from, and we did that for like three months. So people were getting really like, annoyed towards the end. They're like, hurry up, hurry up and put it out, man, because we're waiting. And then, so by the, by the time the song had already come out, it was, it was already, we'd already anticipated that X amount of people were going to really like it. And then it even went beyond our expectations. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, from there, just kept snowballing. Yeah. No. Did you keep promoting it? Like, did you beyond the release and for the rest of last year? Um, not for that hot. Do you know what? It got to like a point. So I, I released a song. We got a lot of radio plays. So I got playlisted as like BBC introduced a song of the week, and then we did. The, then we released the video for it like a month later. So. And then in terms of like me personally going out and promoting it, after that, I was kind of, that was the end of it for me. Mm. But the song just kept like, it kept building. It, kept, it still gets more plays today than anything else I've done. It just keeps getting new fans every day. And I'm like, yeah. it kind of took on a life of its own. So I didn't even have to do any more hard work. Say, yeah, so. that's yeah. the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. I can and just may it, may it continue happening. <laughs> yeah, I feel man, like with real. like the Spotify algorithm now and stuff as well, that can happen. It can just... yeah get like playlisted around and picked up at different times what's, what's funny about glad though that's why that's why it's so weird because it's not been on one like editorial playlist or any of that so i honestly i still don't really know why how it keeps getting more and more <laughs> love but i'm here for it you know I mean? so, yeah <laughs> not complaining no yeah, not at all not at all so almost an adult Loads of questions, I guess, I want to ask about it. But I wanted to start with the writing process. I guess I presume that you'd written it after Glide and that it had been that, but sounds like you've actually been working on it for quite a long time. Um, I did write it after Glide. So I made Glide, I made Glide in June, June 2018. Uh-huh. But I made almost an adult. I made that in the last week of November and the first two weeks of December. 
because mm-hmm. it was what happened it was my grandma's so my it was my grandma's funeral on the 20th in 20th of november and um i came back on the 22nd uh, from manchester sorry i had like a day when i was just just processing everything you mm-hmm. know what i mean and then and i was by myself as well because it was just me home alone and i was just processing everything taking everything in and then the next day i just felt like i had so much energy just built up inside and i didn't really know you know what to do with it mm. so i just jumped on the computer and started making beats and i i just dove headfirst into that and i was just doing that for like like three weeks not long like i did it for like three weeks i was just into just making song after song after song and i was having sessions with other people and every time i was in there i was just making a song and then we ended up like three weeks later i came out and i was like oh we've got like 15 songs here and they seem to flow quite nicely i think this is this is a project, but we ended up cutting it down to 10 just because like, yeah, I, I, I if I make an album, I, I've always wanted it to be 10 songs. So mm-hmm. yeah, I had that in mind, but yeah, it was just like a real, it wasn't ever me consciously thinking about what I'm writing about. It was just me venting every single emotion that I was feeling and kind of going into autopilot. Yeah. Throwing everything at the wall. Yeah. You cover quite a few different I guess like topics and areas mm. in it and like each of the songs has a different energy. So I did actually wonder whether it was like quite a deliberate thing of being like, I mm. want to show all sides of myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is like the, the type of person I am anyway, like when I'm making music anyway, like what I make one day, not even I can make two songs in one in one day and they'd be absolutely opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like theme and sound. And I've never really been one to go like straight down one lane. I've always been kind of rounded and on everything and I think yeah. yeah if I was to make a project I would always show all of that anyway which that is would just naturally happen yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah the snippets that you've got you've got like a few snippets of people talking are they are some of those of your grandma yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's um I, there's one there's two on Mrs Chambers there's, that's my, yeah, me and my grandma talking because uh we always used to have conversations in it in our kitchen and I just used to, I, I, in about, it was about five years ago, I started recording them because I just thought, yeah, man, like, why not? Let's yeah. immortalize these moments, isn't it? Just so if I, if I wanted to listen back. So even though on that song, there's about like a minute of it, in, in my phone, there's about like hours and hours and hours of conversation that I can just listen to. Just, I just sometimes I just listen back and I'm like, oh, this is, yeah, man, this is nice to listen to this. Mm. You know what I mean? Are they organised? <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. It's just it's an organised mess. So like, this is called Grandma One, Grandma Two, Grandma Three, <laughs> Grandma Four, <laughs> down to about Grandma Fifty. <laughs> but uh, I, I've always said I'm going to organise it, but I'm not going to lie. I won't organise it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. If you're not doing it now in lockdown, it's not going to happen. No way. <laughs> there was going to be a time. <laughs> Very true, very true. <laughs> so you've got quite a few collabs on there. How did they come together? Maybe let's start with um, start with Jazz Karras. Jazz Karras, so Jazz Karras. Um, I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to make a song with her. And she, in 2018, she opened up, well, I had a show at Notting Hill Arts Club and she was the opening act. And um, I remember talking to her, I said, listen, Jazz, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to make a song together. And she was like, yeah, man, we're going to make a song. And then I, and then I, but then I went into a period of every song that I made, I wanted Jazz Karras on it. So I kept sending <laughs> her stuff. And, then, and she was like, no, this is, doesn't really sound like something that I'd sit on nicely. 
and I was just very sad. Like, how can you? She's like, it's really good. Trust me, I really like it. I just don't think it works for me. Mm. And then um, when I was making rose tinted glasses, I made rose tinted glasses the same day that I made halos. And um, I was with Flo, the producer, who helped you co-produced it with me. And as soon as he played the guitar, I thought, yeah, Jazz Karras is actually going to be on this one. And I called <laughs> her and I was like, Jazz, listen, I've got one that you're actually going to be on. And it's, it makes sense. I'm not forcing it now. I'm really not. And um, then like a couple months later, she came to the studio with, on the same day as Fia came to the studio to record yeah. her with the Halos as well, actually, which was nice. And we were all just in the room talking about relationships and love and self-love and that kind of stuff. And then her verse was kind of just an extension of that conversation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Thea, did she pre-write or did she work at this, on the same time in the studio? Um, Thea wrote it before because Thea lost her dad a few years ago. And um, me and Thea, are like, she's like one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when she came after her dad died, she came to my house and she was recording a poem that she wrote. She's not released it. And then she just burst into floods of tears. And I was like, oh my days. Like, now I've seen this. Like we're really like family, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And she did the same for me when my grandma passed. And when I wrote Halos, I just thought, I wrote my part on Halos. And I was trying to write a second verse, but I thought, I, I can't even say any more than what I've said. You know, mm. I've, I've just said everything that I want to say. Yeah. But, and I don't really want to put another rapper on it, but I think Fia shares the experience so well that she would just be able to articulate it and do it justice. Then I sent it to her, and about an hour later, she was like, "Okay, I've got this." And I played it, and I was like, "Wow, like you're too good, you're too good at poetry." And she's not even the, she's not re- poetry isn't even her first thing. Her, her main thing's film, but she's like one of the just a little thing I do. <laughs> just a little thing that I do on the side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's just too good. And then, everyone um, you work with works too quick as well. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I think do you know what it is. I feel like I was speaking to someone about. It. I think I work at such a high intensity that it brings out the the same in other people yeah yeah yeah. yeah. there's I like a freedom you, to it i think just trusting in what you create yeah. and come up with yeah yeah because i'm not like even though everything sounds very in order and organized and where it's meant to be when it comes to it i'm not that meticulous with my style i kind of just trust that i know what i'm doing and i just do it if that makes sense so, yeah. yeah blessings and what about the collab with kid of kids how was how was that even that one, that was a quick one too. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I made So It Go and uh, I sent it to my manager because my manager manages Kidder. And I was like, what do you think about getting Kidder on this? He was like, oh, I don't know. Kidder can be kind of long sometimes. Da, 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 da. I was like, you know what? Like, forget you, man. I'm going to send it to him myself. <laughs> Get out of my way. <laughs> so I messaged Kidder and I was like, yo, Kidder, what do you think about this tune? Um, he was like, yeah, send it to me so I can listen to it properly. He didn't say anything. And then I sent it to him and it was like nine o'clock in the morning. And at 10 o'clock in the morning, he just sent me a video of his verse. And I said, oh, okay. So do you like it then? He was like, yeah, no, trust me. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. And then trust by me. 11 o'clock, the song was finished. <laughs> that was it. Honestly. Done. <laughs> and then you flew him out to Jamaica and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you do. As you yeah, do, you know it's got to be done. <laughs> The film, I really want to talk about the film. Whose idea was it? Was it your idea to kind of create that? Um, it, was a, it was a bit of a joint enterprise, I say. So when, so I'd already made the album when, we sat, when I'd signed mm. um, the deal. And we had a lot of meetings going back and forth about what are we going to, how are we going to 
represent the album visually? Are we going to do a few singles and build up and do a video for each single and blah, blah, yeah. blah? But then I, I always thought, I don't know, because it's, all the singles sound too different to have like, different videos. I think it, it might just confuse people a little bit. But how if we can combine it all into one and make it the perfect representation of myself, mm. we don't need four or five music videos. We can just run it off of one thing. And, um, and then they came up with the idea of doing a short film. And they and and they were like, okay, we'll get we'll talk to a few directors that we you know, we'll reach out to a few directors and see if someone can like draw up a treatment. And I always had a vision in my mind of like, I always had a vision in my mind of going home, and going home. So like South London being home and Jamaica being home and representing all of that. Manchester I, just got signed. Manchester, <laughs> Manchester now, man. Like that's, it just looks like London. You know, <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> but um, not such a beautiful contrast. <laughs> and I thought, but then, but I never thought that the label would actually be down to send me to Jamaica. So I never brought it up. Mm. And then the company, the production company, Fairy Free Bound, they sent in their treatment and. I think we went to sit down with the label and the first thing they said, yeah, we got this treatment, but it's in um, Jamaica. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, that's a... I Let's have a look at work. it. Yeah, I feel like that can work. You know? <laughs> I don't know we can make it. <laughs> and then, yeah, but uh, the only thing about the treatment of, from the production company, they, the difference was that they didn't um, want it, they didn't have it in their mind to incorporate anything about London. And they didn't want to use... Not that they didn't want to use, Pattern wasn't the song that they wanted in the film. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I said, no, we have to put pattern in there. Yeah. And we have to, when we do pattern, it's got to be some London, you know, real stuff. But that's, that is who I am as well. Like, as much mm-hmm. as all the Halo stuff and as much as rose tinted glasses, as much of that is me, pattern is still very much me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we need to show that. And to be honest, pattern's done the best out of all the songs since they've, since the album's come out. Like it's caught on the most, which is, um, it, show, it shows that we, you know, everyone had trust in each other. Mm. And that's, it's worked well, which is nice. Yeah. I've got yeah. personal bias to pattern, but I think that's what I like, <laughs> but I just like that. Yeah, energy. yeah. Yeah, man. You've got to have that bit of energy sometimes. Yeah. 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 And then for, because obviously you shot a separate video for So It Goes. So was that, mm. was that, that's like economizing. You could be like, oh, we'll shoot a, a video for this literally, as well. Literally, <laughs> we're there and we're like, should we just do some shooting? For, no, we, no, we said, oh, we'll shoot the film out there. But whilst we're there, we might as well do a video for So It Goes as well. I said, okay, you know, give us a couple extra days in Jamaica, fine by me. And um, to be honest, the So It Go video shoot was my favorite part of yeah. being in Jamaica because we were just like traveling around to different places in Jamaica, like real city, and just interacting with people. Like, we went up to some guy just on the corner and said, Oh, do you want to cut my hair? And he was like, yeah, <laughs> Come on, cut, I'll cut your hair. Yeah, cool. I went to the patty shop, got some patties. Went to like a, a little like rural town, like a village. Went to the Rastafarian village as well. And we're just chatting, just having conversations with people. And that was like, yeah, it was, it was nice to do all of that. To be yeah. yeah. How many of you were out there filming? Like how, were you a um, night team? So it was me, me and Stevie, my manager, we flew out. And the production company, two people from the production company flew out. But when we got out there, there was like six production assistants out there. Um, we had a cast of about fifteen, so it was a, it was a it was a big crew. Yeah. It was a big crew on some days, but it was it felt like a proper like real production, which was, was it so a nice sick. little yeah. moment to be like, yeah, this is my crew. <laughs> yeah, no, this is you know all here with me. <laughs> you know, yeah. taken care of. Everyone's food was paid for. We had catering. It was like yeah, it was a proper like 
that was the moment when I thought because I'd been signed for like six or seven months before uh-huh. but that was the point when I thought okay yeah this is this is what it's all about this is what this is like the part of your dream that's coming true now yeah which was like yeah it was it was hard still but it's super cool as well because you actually did the so much of the production Mm. I guess some of it in your bedroom some of it like yeah some of it in a studio but like that's a nice journey to go on in in one project yeah yeah yeah. it's proper like when I look back I'm like wow it's mad because the place where I was in when I started making it compared to the place that I'm in when it's come out is like complete opposite ends of the spectrum and it's yeah it's sick like it's proper sick that that some where I am now everything has come from that where I was did you did you have fun in Jamaica did you go out we went out a couple of times it was we went out the first night (laughs) it was I really like I'm not gonna lie that was my favorite trip to Jamaica that that I've ever been on because because my parents weren't there so I could do what I I want (laughs) I really do I want and when I used to go to Jamaica if I was somewhere and I wanted to go somewhere at five o'clock, I had to ask my mum. She'll be like, no, whatever. Yeah, 5pm. Yeah, I'm like, I know. I'm like, oh, it's because it's going to get dark in, in four hours. So, so, <laughs> whereas like this time, I just felt a lot more freedom and I felt a lot more connected to my roots out there because I didn't feel like a foreigner. I felt like I was just there. Like Same how I am in Croydon. Like, if I want to go out, I'll do it. Do you know what I mean? And we were with locals that showed us everything. So we went to like, not the nicest, but like the most fun bars mm-hmm. that were like on the back of the beach. We're going places where like apparently Chronics goes quite a lot. We went to like this dub Keeping night. Keep your eyes out. <laughs> I was looking out. I was looking out. I had a demo CD in my hand. Yes, <laughs> Ready to Listen. give it to him. <laughs> but um, honestly, yeah, the, the only thing I, I wanted to do that I didn't do out there was go to a studio. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have time. We didn't have time because we were filming like, all day most days apart from like the first two days so yeah yeah we got the, got the fun out of the way on the first two days and then the rest of the time was hard work you know? any hangovers or was it all right no i didn't i didn't i didn't drink i didn't drink out there no i did drink out there i'm like i don't <laughs> have any hangovers though but i was uh um meditating a lot more if, nice if you catch my drift yeah <laughs> okay yeah sure yeah <laughs> you're in jamaica spiritual place well your next um your next album you have to record out there that can be oh, like the 100 next you that's exactly what i was thinking i just wanted to like go there for like a month and just bang it out to be honest that's the dream yeah. that's the dream that's the next dream anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's the future yeah um so I wanted to talk to you a bit about some of the themes that are in it. Mm. We've spoken a little bit about your relationship with your grandma and I feel like she's like been a really big influence on you. But I wondered yeah. if you could elaborate on that relationship a little bit. Yeah. She was just like, just calm away from everything. Do you know what I mean? Because like, firstly, she lived in Manchester and I'm from Croydon. I'm a little hood. I was a hood rat. Just running around doing all sorts of dumb stuff. And then... Naughty. Naughty boy. You know, naughty boy. <laughs> But if I went there, everything in London just didn't really matter whilst I was there. I was just there with my grandma. And regardless of what I'd done or, you know, what stupidness I'd done, she just showed me the same amount of love. Like, it was just nothing but love that I got from her. Like, mm. And obviously discipline when when it needed to be. But for the most part, like, she just used to do that. Like, I remember like, she would make hot milk for me and my brother every night and a hot chocolate and like a little cake with Philadelphia icing and whatever happened during the day, 
that will be there at night. And it just felt like, a, it really felt like unconditional, like really unconditional mm. love. Because obviously if you're, when you're growing up and you're around your parents, the unconditional love you get from your parents is different because there's things like discipline, that, you know, mm. it can be bad and they still tell you off, but it's from a place of love. But you don't understand that until you get older. But with like the grandparents, it's just happy to see you. It's just love all the time. Yeah. And like I said, her house felt like a real safe space. Yeah. Away from everything. So, yeah. It's really nice to like have a space where you feel that unconditional love because it's like, I don't know, it's a difficult thing, I think, as you get older and you have different kinds of relationships and mm. they feel like they mean a lot and then maybe they, <laughs> they yeah, don't exactly. last so long. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. That's the thing. And because I, I was raised with that, I know exactly what, I really do know what unconditional love is. So mm. like, when I look for that and, or not when I look for that, when I, when I see that in other people, I know exactly what to give and I know exactly what to receive as well. That yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like you, you, when you come from love, then you will know love. So yeah. Yeah. So, yeah that's the best. Yeah. I don't yeah. need to say anymore. That's the best way to yeah, say it. Yeah. That's the best way to say it. Yeah. One of the other things I kind of got a sense of like through, through lyrics, but also through, um, through the film as well, I think, I feel like you as a person have a sense of responsibility to do the right thing. Do you think mm. that's fair? Yeah, I think, I just think, me personally, at first I didn't, it happened like a cut, it probably happened when my grandma passed away. I kind of felt like I need to step up and be a man, if that makes sense. And I need to look after people a bit better than I had done in the past. Because like, I don't know, there's something like seeing your mum mourning. Mm. I remember before all I used to do was come home and ask her what's for dinner. Do you know what I mean? Like, now, yeah. like, forget about that. I need to make sure that she's actually like, okay. Because this is something that's new to her she hasn't gone through and because at the same time my my dad lost both of his parents as well and so seeing both of them going through that it made me feel like yeah no I actually need to step up and really like put my parents first and then when I started doing that at home I guess I started doing that in out in the big big bad world as well I just thought because I felt really good to do that I felt good looking after my family so yeah then it became oh I I like looking after people. I like making people feel better about themselves, you know? So, yeah. And then Glad came out. And then when Glad came out, a lot of people were like, oh, just hearing this song, I was having a bad day and this song makes me feel better. And I thought, you know what? That's, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. So I'm yeah. just going to carry on doing it. I guess now it's kind of like a responsibility. It's more like a, not necessarily a duty, but certainly there's a bit of, yeah, I, there's a bit of responsibility there now because I think a lot of the stuff that I talk about I didn't realize it. I didn't realize how many people have gone through or are going through the same sort of thing. Mm. Um, so now I'm like, okay, maybe I should keep doing this and see where it goes. There's always like been this tussle, I think, where it's been like either you're a conscious rapper or and you're writing about stuff that's like really thinking and you're making it yeah, deliberate, yeah, yeah. or you're like fucking bitches and, and like he kind <laughs> yeah. of goes down that path yeah. and I feel like maybe it doesn't need to be so extreme it really doesn't like, the thing about like, me I'm a I'm a I'm a walking contradiction and I'm cool with that so that's why you can go from something like halos to something like pattern because that's who I am I am both of those that's all part of me so yeah there's no split at all. <laughs> <laughs> um is your brother still making music you said that he like got you going <laughs> nah nah he gave he gave it up he gave it up a few years ago um, <laughs> he, he plays you know he plays football now in australia or soccer okay yeah so he's, he's done all right for himself i guess yeah. he's, done, he's done okay but um <laughs> now i've got a home studio he calls me every day he's like yeah when i come back i'm gonna 
I'm gonna use your studio. I'm gonna write all loads of bars and da 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 da. So I can't wait for that. It's yeah, gonna be hilarious. It's gonna be hilarious. You I need to go back to back. A hundred percent. But then he'll, you know, what? he'll be like, "Oh, I think we should release it." <laughs> and I'll be like, nah, "No, I'm really trying to do that. It's just for fun." <laughs> you can just WhatsApp your management. Be like, "Management said no. I'm, uh, yeah, so, I'm tied to the label." <laughs> the thing is, but I've told him that I do that to other people. So he no. knows, <laughs> no, he's, he's clocked me. He's clued up. <laughs> yeah, he's clued up. He's clued up. Definitely. <laughs> we spoke a bit about Wretch Three too, but I wanted to ask. Who else have been like really big musical inspirations to you? I mean, off the music I was played when I was that was playing when I was growing up, and Michael Jackson, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I think even like through like videos, he just put a little bit more thought into all his videos. Because my mum, she used to have a VCR with all the Michael Jackson videos <laughs> from whenever, and we used to watch it all day, every. I used to watch it at least once a week, and. We used to get really scared of thriller, <laughs> like, like genuinely <laughs> scared. Like it was a horror, horror film. So whenever you know any changes, and he changes into the the green face, and we used to run out of the room and like hide around the door, wait for it to be done, and go back in. Just so dumb. But um, anyway, I digress. So My- Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Pharrell. I really like Pharrell mm-hmm. production wise. Uh, Mavado, like just being Jamaican. When Mavado yeah. started coming out, I was like. There's something about a Jamaican artist when they speak from their soul, you can really like it's just so raw and so untouched, and it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, I haven't but, heard like any of Mavado music in like I don't know, like ten years or something. He's still got bangers, man. He's still really, I need to yeah, like tune yeah, yeah. back he's in. He's still got bangers. He's still he's got you know not every song is good, but when he hits a when he hits a sweet song, and it's it's a really really good song. But um, yeah, who else? Um, he said Chronics earlier. Chronics, yeah. Chronics is like more like a recent inspiration. I think mm. I'm, I'm a. I, I love nostalgia, so I like listening to old school stuff. So even like the Wretch that I listen to is probably like ten years old, five ten years old. Mm-hmm. Um, J Cole, the Forest Hills Drive album that had a big like impact on me as an adolescent because that's for me that's a real coming of age um, album, and I love I like coming of age things like I love coming of age films coming of age TV shows and stuff you're like going to have to keep coming of age every time I know that's like, the thing I've already, like, <laughs> like, I've already done it almost an adult's like my coming of age film do you know what I mean so, your next really, one is like still not quite <laughs> still not quite there <laughs> still not quite there but almost <laughs> but um, so yeah I'd, I'd say off the top of my head those are the main inspirations yeah were there any like women that you listened to growing up that inspired you as well that have like oh, 100% had... um, Kelly Price uh, uh, Kelly Price, Aaliyah, which I love Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to like Destiny's Child, but I, re- I so my auntie, my auntie, we went out to Croydon with her, and she bought Beyonce's first album. I forgot the name of it, Dangerously in Love. Mm, yeah. And when I heard the album, I thought that is like I, I was so blown away by the production, and I was so blown away by the strength of her character. And I remember thinking that from when I was, and I was like, I was about nine or 10 years old when that came out. But I just remember thinking, right, this woman is like, she's, she's mad powerful. And that's badass. Yeah, she's yeah. badass, man. And that's like, that's so appealing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just, just makes someone appealing that there's that strength in character. And um, yeah, so yeah. even like, because I had a lot of women in my childhood anyway. So like my mum and my auntie were very close and they always used to come around and play like Patti LaBelle and old school, like really old school R&B uh, 
I don't know, Diana Ross. Mm. Like, there's, yeah. so, there's so many. Self-R&B. Interview I did last week, we were talking about Destiny's Child and it was with um, Jasmine Dottiwala who used to kind of head up MTV Base and she was yeah. saying when she used to work with Destiny's Child, she would call them, I think she called them the others, but Kelly and Michelle, both very talented. I think they're both brilliant as well. But yeah. um, she said that towards the end of the day or whatever, they'd be like, we're tired, we just want to rest up, can we do the interview tomorrow? And Beyonce mm. would be like, very consistently would do everything until everyone was done. And once everyone had got their thing, then she would go to bed. And she just was like yeah. so focused. You can see it though. There's a reason why she's still the, one of the biggest artists in the world mm. so many years later. is because that work effort. Yeah, she was, when you saw her from back then, she was always like, there's Kelly and Michelle, but then there's Beyonce. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, she was always, <laughs> uh, she was always levels to, to, to the rest. Who are some people that you'd really love to work with? Obviously, um, probably some of the people that we've mentioned, but... You know Joy Crooks? Joy Crooks. Do you know what? Yeah. I heard Dre Crooks, so I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, do I'm I know, know Dre Crooks? <laughs> yes, I do know Joy Crooks. Yeah, I really want to work with Joy Crooks. She's yeah, like, she's got a very distinctive voice. Yeah, Mira May as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd work with Jazz Harris again, 100%. Um, Chronics. But don't force it, because she knows. Don't force <laughs> it. Don't force it. I, I, she sent me a couple records, actually, and I was like, no, I don't want to do them. <laughs> um, no, uh, who did I say? Jazz Karras, Joy Crooks, Mira May, um, Chronics. Uh, I'd love to work with Rich. That's like, mm-hmm. a, you know, I'd always love to work with Rich. Uh, J. Yeah. Cole. I'd, I'd want to. I don't think I'd want to like feature on, with him or feature on his record, but I'd love to produce for Jay Hust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd love to produce for Coffee as well. I think yeah. she's just she's just insanely talented. Man. Yeah, she's like, ridiculous. I yeah, can't. and I'd want to. I'd want to write. I want to write a song for Rihanna as well. That's like a. I don't know why. I just want to write a song for Rihanna because I feel like because I can, that's like the fucking coolest thing ever. <laughs> I feel like, but I feel like I could just write a really good song for Rihanna. I don't know why. But I just, I just could, and I feel like it's going to happen one day. Yeah, she's in London now, so yeah, she's in the end. Slip a demo through. Yeah, it's easy. It's really easy to get to Rihanna, actually. Yeah, yeah, so. dead easy. You know, and she wants to make more music, so now's chance. Apparently, apparently, yeah. <laughs> What's your mentality been in lockdown? Have you been coping? Because presumably, like in terms of timing of your releases, yeah, you probably would have been doing quite a lot of touring and live gigs yeah. and stuff and obviously that's that's a bit of a bummer yeah that, that, that <laughs> did bum me out a bit because we had the show like the show just had gone on sale after so it go came out and the week after we went on lockdown and, I, and my first thought it wasn't even i wasn't even bummed to be honest i've kind of i've kind of like ever since i lost whoever i lost in 2018 mm. like nothing can nothing can stop me you know what i mean like nothing can i'll just crack on whatever happens i'm just gonna make it work and move on so even this whole lockdown thing as soon as we were in lockdown, I thought this is probably the perfect time to release a film because mm-hmm. people have a little bit more time and people need something to just take up their time because everyone's like going nuts at the same time right now. <laughs> you need yeah. to do something to at least help people get through that. So, you know, I just saw it as the perfect opportunity to do it rather than getting too down and about whatever. So I've just cracked on to be honest. Like, yeah. I've got my little I've got a little home I've got a new home studio set up now. So yeah, nothing nothing's really changed for me to be honest. Yeah. Cause still create Yeah. I just don't have to like drive across London to go to studio sessions, which is 
It's cool by me. I'm not mad at that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I think everyone's got so used to being their own home. It's so easy. <laughs> Everything is so easy. Yeah, man. I just want to know what happens next. That's all I want to know. Like, where do we go from here? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like a TV. We're just in the middle, like in the middle <laughs> of a cliffhanger. I'm like, what happens next? Turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> Final, like, semi-serious question. Who who are you listening to right now? Who am I listening to right nice. now? Um I'm listening to a lot of Jazz Caris actually. Her EP has just been on repeat. Um there's another artist called Jay Warner. He's just insane R and B artist. He's just the most talented person. Honestly, one of the most talented people. His voice is like butter. And it's mad. Like I was even scared to play his music to my girl because I thought she'd like it too much. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I've, I've been listening to everyone who I've said really, like Drake, yeah. Chronics, Coffee, Jay Huss. There's another artist I came across the other day. I need to find it. Yeah, jump on your Spotify or whatever. I'm just or yeah, I'm making an, We're not branded. Oh, I, <laughs> oh, you're not branded. Because I wasn't. Oh my god, I did an Apple Music interview the other day, yeah? and I was like, oh yeah, um, let me check my Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're on multiple platforms. So. Oh, I love that. Perfect. Oh, yeah, Tiana Blake. Tiana Blake. She's a, she's an R&B singer. Um, we're signed to the same label actually, but she is like old school '90s R&B, Oof. early 2000s vibes. She's yeah. Just, yeah, she's so good. Honestly. Yeah. Talented. Is there anything you listen to that oh that um would be like really surprising? Yes, of course there is. Uh, I'm gonna I've got a playlist called Guilty Pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ariana Grande is the first song on it actually. <laughs> Which song? Um, uh, piano and it's okay. I'm not gonna lie. It's the whole first album called Honeymoon Avenue. Okay. Uh, Fleetwood Mac, bit of old school end ups in there. Oh my god, I love end dubs. <laughs> oh, he doesn't though. He doesn't. He doesn't. Um bit of Oasis in there. Um Lionel Richie. <laughs> S Club Seven never had a dream come true. Of course. <laughs> of course. Like of course. of course it's there. Of course you listen to that. Sugar Babes about you now. <laughs> this is oh my god, what am I what do I listen to? This is Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey's in there as well. And Kerry Hilson, Pretty Girl Rock. So it's a lot, of, a lot of stuff that you wouldn't ask, that would surprise people. Banger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sass. Um, thanks so much for sharing that with us. Oh, I wonder which right. ones like will get the most pickup, like whether people is going to be, people are going to be like, oh yeah, pretty girl rock. <laughs> Just totally forget every other artist you've mentioned. Ariana Grande's playing. I think it's the S Club 7 one. I think it's the S Club 7. People are going to be like, oh, I remember the S Club 7 tune. Let's forget yeah. every other artist that you suggested. Yeah, I saw them saw them live actually. You're lying. I Where am it? not lying, truth. First <laughs> I think they were the first band I ever saw. Oh, you're lucky, man. Yeah. You're lucky. And they came like over the audience at the end, like on this kind of race. Yeah, I know, way before Kanye did. <laughs> That's hard. See, S Club Seven are visionaries and, and they <laughs> exactly. don't get enough credit. They really don't. <laughs> George, thanks so much for uh, chatting and being so open. Pleasure's all mine. Where can people find you on the internet? Um Instagram, George, literally George online on everything. So even if you, yeah, George online. My it is online. It's not like he's just, he's just not just, he's not just uh, saying I'm online. J O R D S O N L I N E. That's, that's what you need to search to find me. So yeah. George online and George on all streaming platforms, etc. Nice. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you, hear you, chat to you next week. Hmm? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. What up, let's. Let's. Yeah.